guys? It's Football Talk here. Today we have our host, me, and then our co-host, Lucas, and yep. we have many things we're going to talk about today. So first, in our introduction segment, we're going to be talking about uh, Mourinho potential sack, and then in yeah. our next, we're going to be talking about the games, like the games today, Premier League, and then but excluding the United game. Then the next segment after that is going to be solely for the United-Everton game. And then the segment after that is going to be what's coming next and then the ending. So yeah, let's talk about how Mourinho could be sacked. All right, hold on one sec. Um, pull this up real quick. Yeah, so Tottenham have been pretty – actually, they've been in really bad form recently. I mean – if we're excluding, like, FA Cup games, I mean, they've been doing good in those. Like, those are pretty easy games. But in the Premier League, they've been in pretty bad form, actually. They had a really good start to the season in November and December. They are even top yeah, of the league, too. Yeah, but they're in ninth right now. Uh, they've been looking very out of form, even though they did have a good start. And I think I heard, like, a journalist say that, like, Tottenham now is kind of looking like Mourinho's last season at United. <clears throat> which was a pretty catastrophic season because United, yeah. they were doing horrible that season. Like, he, they were a mess under Mourinho. He led to the downfall season. of Pogba. Like, he he made Pogba worse, his coaching. He put, put him out of bad position, just hated him. He did not like well, Pogba. I mean, yeah, he, like, I mean, left him on the bench. He, yeah. didn't, like, really, he didn't really talk to him at like, all. Pogba's like, a key part of United. But, so, but I think... I don't think they should sack him midseason. I think it will honestly be dumb because yeah, – Okay, so, I mean, I think his signings last transfer window – I mean, like, last summer's transfer window. So, first he signed Gareth Bale. I personally think that was a bad sign. I mean, he's on loan, but he earns 500K a week, which is a lot in wages. Well, and I don't think it's worth it. He never gets any playing time. He never plays. Well, And, I mean, honest, look good on paper, but – Honestly yeah. – I think he was a good signing, but he's just overpaid. Six games and one goal, that's pretty good. And he doesn't play, though. Yeah, I know. That's that's, that's not, not worth it. Because they don't play him, and he hasn't, he hasn't done bad for his playing time. Six that's goals in one game. But there's, no, there's not really a point in signing someone and paying them 500K a week if you're not going to play them. Like, they, yeah, but there's that's no point in even signing called. him in the first place. Yeah, but um, then he signed Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. I personally think that was a really good signing. He's been – I mean, he's not the captain. Harry Kane is the captain, but I think he's been leading the team pretty well. He's been a good leader. He's been controlling the midfield. And I think if he stays there for another couple of years, he, he I think he could, like, be, like, their version of Kevin De Bruyne or, like, their version of Bruno Fernandes. Like, I think he's definitely a good midfield leader for sure. And then they signed Sergio Regulon as their left back. I think he's been doing really good so far. So – uh, two out of their three summer signings have been good. I have to give Marino credit for that. But um, overall, he hasn't like had like a crazy spending window yet necessarily. But yeah, I think recently Tottenham have been in pretty bad form, and I think if they were to sack him, I'd wait until the end of this season and see how things go. Yeah, if they if they finish in the bottom half of the Premier League, he should definitely get the sack. Yeah, I mean, they're in the they're in the League Cup final. Uh, against City, but City are in great form. So yes. I think City will win that easily. And, I mean, even if he does win the League Cup and finishes on the bottom half of the Premier League, I think he'll still get the sack. 
I don't know if you won the FA Cup. I have no clue if you will. Probably yeah. not, but we don't know. So, I mean, Tottenham's not known for winning trophies. Although Marino's a proven winner, he he is coaching Tottenham. Yeah, who, I mean, but... Who barely ever win trophies, so... They kind of did that with Mitchell. Yeah. Like, they sacked him right after the um, group stage. But during the group stage, they had an injury crisis, just like Liverpool. They, they were missing Neymar. Well, like, not as bad, obviously. But they were missing Neymar, no, Neymar, Mbappe, Icardi. and Icardi, which they're three, one of their their three best players. Not like, like, Icardi's not their best player, but he's one of them. And those, yeah, those players like fill in essential roles, and they still managed to make it in the round of sixteen without those players for half of the games. So yeah. honestly. I think he's done an amazing job. It's kind of like if he got sacked, that would kind of be the same situation, except Mourinho just hasn't been doing a good job. So I don't think it would be a good idea to to sack a coach midseason. So, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So I don't think – I mean, although it seems sort of reasonable if they were to sack him at the end of the season, if, I mean, they do bad in the Premier League, they don't win anything. Um, I mean, but the thing is, they could win the Europa League. I think, actually, they have a pretty decent chance of winning the Europa League. I think AC Milan's going to win it, but they have a decent chance. But personally, any trophies by the end of this season, I think Mourinho should still be given <clears throat> one more season after that, or maybe at least one half season. Half because, season. I mean, maybe like, I mean, okay, because like he might have a pretty successful spending window over the summer, which could prove to be successful. Yeah, And I think so he should be given at least another half season to a full season. Um, but if next season, I mean, okay. So if he ends the, and the next season ends up to be a disaster, then I think he needs to go. So I think that's, we've covered most of that. Let's move on to the next segment. We're going to be um, reviewing the match day 23 Saturday games and excluding the United-Everton game. So let's move on to the next segment. Yeah. All right. So this segment, we're going to be talking about the Match Day 23 game. So there weren't any – the only really good game was the United-Everton. And tomorrow there's also going to be – there's also going to be – one, maybe two good games. So let's talk about the match week 23 games. So our first game, we have Aston Villa versus Arsenal. And Aston Villa beat Arsenal 1-0, which isn't much of a surprise. I'm pretty sure Aston Villa is like six. I'm not sure. Uh, They are in eighth. In Arsenal. Oh, really? oh, they dropped. Yeah, they were. I forget. I think they were in like seventh before that or eighth. I'm not quite sure. And Chelsea also dropped too. Chelsea. Yeah. Wait, they were six yesterday, but now they're seventh because of that. Yeah. Game, so. Um. So. So. Um. Okay. So. Um. About well, the Villa Arsenal game, I've heard a few Arsenal fans say actually. So. Um. I think the Villa goal came from Ollie Watkins in the second minute. I've heard some wow. Arsenal fans say on Twitter that 
they're not actually too much about the game. I think they said um, the main reason why they lost is because they conceded an early goal. And I think I think a lot of them think that overall they didn't really play that bad of a game. I yeah. mean, they didn't really yeah. do anything offensively much, but overall they didn't play that bad. Yeah, Arsenal so, actually I mean, yeah. Arsenal actually played better. They had a sixty they had a sixty six percent possession uh, compared to Aston Villa's 30, 33 34% possession, but uh, Aston Villa did have more, they did have better shots, Arsenal had more shots, but Aston Villa did have better shots with Aston Villa having um, eight shots on target, Arsenal only having three out of 14, Aston Villa having eight out of 12, and yeah, Arsenal had more possession, more passes, more touches, and they just had a better game overall, but like you said, yeah. um, our the Aston Villa did have that quick goal in the beginning. And if you're not ready in the beginning, you can let stuff slip through really quickly. Happens a decent amount of the times if you're not prepared. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> next game was Burnley versus Brighton. Oh wait, wait, one, one last one. thing I want to say. One oh. last thing I want to say about the game. There are actually, five yellow cards that game. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So uh, next up, uh, we have Burnley versus Brighton. Uh, last time out, it was a zero-zero draw. Um, honestly, there's nothing too much to say about this game. Uh, I think Burnley definitely should have won this game. Uh, they're they're a way better attacking team. Uh, I think Sean Dyche is a way more tactically advanced coach than Graham Potter. I think Burnley should have won that at least two-one or three-one. Yeah. I. But, okay. Yeah. It is what it is. I agree because um, they did have a 10% possession. They did have better uh, – they have a 55% possession, and they did have more shots on target for their amount of shots. So I do also think that they did have a better game overall and that they should have won. Yeah, true. So uh- – I talk about the Newcastle Southampton game. Newcastle Southampton. So <laughs> Newcastle won this game. I mean, they did have a red card in the 50th minute. There were a lot uh, of cards. So for Southampton, their new loan signing, Takumi Minamino, did score in the 30th minute on his debut too. It's his first game for Southampton um, after virtually never being played at Liverpool. So I mean, that's a plus for Southampton, I guess. I mean, but I think the main reason why Southampton lost this, I think. Their morale was low after just losing 9-0 to United. So no. this isn't too much of a surprise. I mean, Southampton are, attack- are they're a tactically better team. But I don't know. I mean, Newcastle are also a good attacking team as well. But I think Southampton had a pretty, they had a pretty low morale after last game. Yeah, so 9-0 can take a big hit. That's a huge reason. Um, that's a huge reason. So. so, and look at these stats. It's always the losing teams that usually have – that sometimes have better stats. Like, they had a 74% possession, which is crazy, and more shots. Well, actually, no. Uh, Newcastle did have a better shot on target for their shots. But overall, they, they did a lot of passing, Newcastle. They had 600 passes as well. So, and I think by looking at these stats, Newcastle did have more of a defensive game with 35 clearances – and Southampton did beat them earlier in the season two to zero back in November. So 
<clears throat> I'm a bit surprised looking at these stats. Okay, I think personally Southampton just couldn't make the most of their opportunities. They won. I mean, they had yeah. 14 shots, uh, five on target. Uh, they even had five offsides, which also is not that good. They, they even had seven corners too, compared to Newcastle yeah. zero. I mean, so, it is it, it is hard to score on corners, but still, that's true. I, know, I think morale is a huge part of the reason why they lost. But also, I don't know. I just think they couldn't make the most of their opportunities. But I mean, on the bright side, their new signing Minamino scored. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a plus. For sure. So yeah. then we have. The boring game. We have West Ham versus Fulham with four yeah, yellow cards and one red card, and they still check, yeah. manage. It was in the to last tie minute, out. So, But yeah. I'm not a bit surprised considering West Ham's fifth. I'm pretty sure, correct? Yeah, they're fifth. And looking at these stats, Fulham had a 61 percent possession with, and they're they're low ranked, right? Fulham, yeah. I mean, okay. Fulham actually had 20 shots. I mean, I don't really expect much from Fulham at all. Uh, they went 0 for 20, which is kind of sad. And they had two shots on Sargate. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's sad. I would say this game is pretty much just fouls for the most part. I mean, um, there were a lot of fouls, yellow cards throughout the game. And then, obviously, Suchek got a red in the last minute. So, Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised looking at these stats because West Ham is a pretty good team. So, yeah. um Four offsides and only forty percent possession. It's not a good game for West Ham. That's true, but I think so. In West Ham's last game against Villa, Jesse they Lingard won. had two goals in his debut, which actually won them. Which which actually won them the game. He is on loan, so he's not a permanent signing. But they can buy him at the end of his loan. Yeah, so, like so. I mean, like what happened but, with Cardi. That's true, but he is in good form. So, I mean, not really. He only had one game, but, like, if he does turn out to be in really good form, then he could return to United. And we don't know how that we don't know how that will play out. But I heard – I don't really if, like Jesse okay, Lingard. Like, I mean, I think he's a pretty good player. I mean, he's had, like, some off-the-pitch struggles too. Like, he's had, like, family issues and stuff. Like, his wife left him. So, I yeah. think that – he like, take care of his mom. So, I think – that's honestly the main reason why he didn't play well in the last season or two at United. But um, I think I heard – so I think if he does end up playing consistently at West Ham, that he could get a call-up to the England national team, which will be pretty cool to see. I mean, he did score for them in the World Cup against Panama. So, I mean, who knows? He might return. Well, kind of – they had only – they only played one forward there. Fulham. Fulham? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, they use the same formation. So. <clears throat> yeah, and then there was quite a few cards, four yellow cards and one red Suchek card. Suchek got one at the last minute. <clears throat> I mean, I think Suchek, he's been amazing this season for West Ham. I think he's been a huge reason behind their success. And obviously, uh, Rice has been playing well, Antonio Lingard. I mean, Lingard's yeah. only been there for two games, but he's done well so far. Uh, I think Antonio and Suchek have had great seasons so far, and Declan Rice. I think that's a pretty big reason why they've had yeah. success recently. So we're going to move on to the next segment. We're going to be talking about the great game, really good game, 
the United versus Everton game. I was going crazy that game. Uh, yeah. Had a lot of crazy reactions. So, yeah, we're going to move on to the next section. All right. All right, guys, we're in the next segment. And we're going to be talking about the Everton versus United game. And yep. if my voice sounds different here is because I'm recording in a different room and it's kind of echoey. So if it sounds different, it's because I'm in a different room. So um, so we're going to be talking about the Everton United. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Everton United game. And <clears throat> I really actually really like this game. So I really liked how Everton played in the beginning. They were they were dominating in the in like the first I'd say fifteen minutes, right, Lucas? Fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'd say they were mainly dominating the game until Cavani scored. Yeah, and they United did have a sixty-two percent possession, and uh, Everton had a thirty-eight. But in the beginning, I think Everton had. Um, more possession. They were playing more defensive. They were making a lot of passes back to the defenders and the goalie. And so we had on United, we had Bruno Fernandes. He had an amazing goal. The first goal was Cavani. Yeah, that was a really good goal, yeah. Cavani scored. Then Bruno Fernandes, he he had an amazing, it was like a free kick kind of. And then I don't know the last person. Uh, the third was McTominay. All right. And then. Yeah, it was a header. And then we had James uh, Hames, uh, whatever, however you call his name, scored. It was a really good goal, right? Um, yeah, it was a good goal, too. And also DMC or DL, DCL. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewis. He had a really good goal. For last second, the the last possession of the game, and they did do a VAR review. I don't know why, but that he did that goal did count, <clears throat> and I really love that game. Honestly, personally, I think it's going to be better than the game tomorrow, just because um, Liverpool does have an injury crisis, but. Um, United had be- – honestly, I think United played, I think, be- better. They played better. Like, okay, so let's – like, the first 15 minutes, Everton was playing better. But then after the first 15 minutes, United dominated the rest of the half. And then once – then um, Everton, in the beginning of the half, in the first 10 minutes, scored two goals, and they were good goals, and that, 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 that got them motivated – and then, no, it's like <clears throat> two goals in three minutes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, two goals in three minutes for yeah. the first ten minutes, and then United scored again in the 70th minute. But <clears throat> Everton did. Um, uh, what's his name? I always sometimes I forget his name. Uh, uh Charles Richarlison. Missed. He missed kind of an open goal. Oh no, but, that was Calvert Lewin actually who missed the open goal. I, oh okay. And yeah, it was like towards the end of the first half. No, I, I swear where Charleston missed kind of an open Well, he goal. might have too, but I remember Calvert-Lewin missed – he missed a pretty good chance at like the end of the first half. It was like the last play, I remember. Yeah, 
And then, but Greenwood also had a really good play, but he also missed his, he missed a kind of an open goal. And Richarlson and uh, DCL, I always forget his name. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, just call him Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, Calvert, they, they did pretty good on the off, on offense. And um, Richarlson really helped with the um, uh, playmaking and he was good at dribbling, but he really isn't yeah, the best shooter, which is why I don't, I personally don't think <clears throat> he should not be the one taking the more crucial shots because he has like this whole season, two goals for 39 shots, was a t- which is a terrible ratio which is why I honestly don't really think he should be he should be shooting as much. He's and for his 40 shots, he's only had 14 on target and one of his goals was actually a penalty. So he <clears throat> shouldn't really be taking those crucial shots. Uh Calvert should really be the one taking those shots if I'm going to be honest. Okay, I think Calvert-Lewin was man of the match for me. <laughs> Yeah, honestly. I think he played very well. Yeah, I, I also the match for me. All right, so it's not yeah. all you have to say for the game, or do you have anything else to say? Let me think. Let me look at the stats a bit more. Oh yeah, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to say: I'm quite happy United lost. Be- no, not lost, tied because yeah, City only got one point from the game, and because they only get one point. And I kind of like Everton a bit more after this. And there were a couple, there were three yellows, but I think United should have got a couple at the end because they they were stalling the time so much. Like there was one point <clears throat> where Degaya, he what no, one of them had a had a throw in and they were taking so long to throw it in. They should have gave him a yellow for um stalling time uh and dig Degaya when he was taking um when he was taking a goal kick he was also stopping the time it was in the five extra minutes but I do think they added an extra minute because of that right oh uh, yeah <clears throat> so that's pretty much all I had to say it was a great game I really enjoyed it yeah and now you can share your thoughts all right so First, I thought offensively United did very well. I think uh, I think Cavani had a very good goal. I think overall he played very well. I think he should definitely be he should definitely be their main starting striker because I mean okay I think Marcel's a good striker. I just don't think he's consistent enough. I mean Cavani is thirty four, but he's definitely more consistent. He's an eye for a goal, and I think he is their most consistent striker since Latin in like twenty sixteen seventeen. Yeah, so uh, I think good. I think Cavani definitely was their best summer signing. I mean, it was a quiet transfer window for them this summer. Uh, I know there are a lot of like Sancho rumors. Uh, he didn't end up joining, uh, so Cavani was sort of like a panic buy. And most United fans were like kind of upset. They're like sort of upset, but I think he's turned out to be a very good signing for them. Very good investment. Yeah. So um, he's definitely turned the team around for the good. And Bruno, um, he had a very good game. Very good goal. Um, he was doing great. Uh, Rashford, I'd say in the beginning, uh, he was he very was sloppy. I feel first like half. 
No, no. I'd say at the beginning of the first half, he was pretty sloppy. Uh, I feel like he was getting a bit too cheeky. But then he did assist Cavani's goal. So I think that kind of um, that kind of improved his performance. Greenwood, <clears throat> uh, he had a good solo run at the beginning, uh, didn't convert. Uh, he had an average game, I'd say. But I think then I say one thing that cost United the game. So Pogba, uh-huh. so Pogba and McTominay were the starting center mids. And Pogba was playing amazing. He was controlling the midfield. I'd say he was actually controlling the game for the most part. He was having an amazing game. I think uh, if he didn't get injured, I think United actually could have won the game because when Fred came on, honestly, I don't think Fred did that good. I think he was okay. I think like Ollie, average. I think Ollie should have brought on Donny Van de Beek instead. He barely even plays Van de Beek. He's one of their summer signings. He never gets played. I think Van de Beek would have done better than Fred or even Matic. Actually, I think Matic would have done better than Fred too. I mean, I don't think Pogba's injury. I think it will cost them in the long run. Not that much, though. I mean, other than Pogba, they have uh, four other center mids. They have Fred, McTominay, Matic, and Donny van de Beek. So I think that means maybe some more – because I think it will be like – he'll be off for like two to six weeks. So I think that means potentially more playing time for van de Beek. And then obviously like Matic, McTominay, Fred will get playing time. Um, so overall, in midfield, aside from Fred, really, I think McTominay had a great game. He had a goal. Uh, and then once Pogba <clears> came <throat> off and Fred came in, I think McTominay mainly bossed the midfield. So uh, I think McTominay had a great game. Pogba had a great game until he got subbed off. Um, Fred didn't do that good. But I think the main problem for United was the defense. So honestly, the, okay, so aside from the rest of the defend, aside from the rest of the defenders, I think Luke Shaw actually played the best defense out of all of them because I think so in the last goal of the game, it was in the very last second. So um, I think Luke Shaw was the only one actually going for the ball. And I think since Harry Maguire and Lindelof didn't go for the ball, I think that was the main reason why Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored. So um, props to Luke Shaw. He had a, I remember in the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure, I think it was Richarlison or it might have been Calvert-Lewin. I'm not sure. So one of them had the ball like right in front of the goal and then Luke Shaw made a really good tackle and then he got the ball. So then they couldn't score. Uh, I think they would have scored off of that. So, and then overall, I saw, I saw Luke Shaw play very well. I mean, he's been criticized in the past for, you know, uh, having <clears throat> bad fitness, being very injury prone. Um, Jose Mourinho often criticized him for that. Louis Van Hal did too. But I think Luke Shaw had a very good game. Erwan Misaka, he had some bad passes in the beginning. Uh, overall, he didn't. I didn't really see much from him. He had some good defensive plays, but it was an average game for Wambasaka. And then I think Lindelof and Maguire just did not do good. Uh, Maguire cost them both Calvert-Lewin goals, actually. I'd say both of those were mainly Maguire's yeah. fault. And then in the last play of the game, I think for some reason, so I think, Cal- I think Calvert-Lewin was actually open for the header. And then Luke Shaw actually tried to get the ball from him. But obviously, Luke Shaw is way shorter. And I think if Maguire actually won for it, he, could have, he, he actually could have gotten it, actually could have won it, and then United could have won the game. But he didn't. Uh, I mean, Maguire, he's a very inconsistent center back. Um, he doesn't give it his all, I think. Same with Lindelof. I'd say Lindelof, he's, I'd say he's a bang average center back. I mean, both of them just aren't that good. And, I mean, yeah. I think United has been struggling with their center backs in recent years. I mean, before those two, their main center back duo was Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, which 
is not a good center back to in my bad. opinion. But then I'd say even oh. like at the start of the post Fergie era, their main center back duo was Ferdinand and Vidic. But I think since them, they haven't really had a good center back duo. And I think the main reason why they lost this game was A, Pogba got injured, B, because of Maguire and Lindelof. And then De Gea, he. I yeah, think, yeah. I think De Gea he did caught, not do that good. Yeah, he think, caused one of them. Exactly. He. he he, he punched the, the ball goal, away yeah. and gave it him. So he caught yeah. the first goal. And then, so, I'd say, I'd say United had a decent game. Their defense, aside from Luke Shaw, their defense did not do good at all. In midfield, aside from Fred, they did pretty good. And then offensively, I'd say offensively, offensively they did amazing. I mean, they scored three goals, but then because of their defense, they conceded 3-2. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it bounces out. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a good offense, but a horrible defense. But for Everton, yeah. I think Cover Lewin had a good game. Even though the first goal was basically gifted to him by De Gea, he had a good game. I mean, I can't <clears> deny. I think he was man of the match. Uh, Richarlison, he did good. Uh, I saw some good dribbling from him, good playmaking. However, he just can't convert. He's not a scorer. Uh, he's not a, yeah, he's not he's a good finisher. Terrible. He's not a good finisher. Um. It was a pretty quiet game for Hamas. He had a really good goal, but other than that, it was a pretty quiet game. Then I'd say Andre Gomez. He did okay. And then I'd say Davies played pretty dirty, which is kind of annoying. And then uh, then Ducori had his goal. But I think for not having Allen in their midfield, who usually bosses the midfield, I think they did pretty well without Allen. And then I think Lucas Zinier actually played really well. Um, he assisted the match tying goal for Calvert-Lewin. That was actually his assist. And then he allowed good crosses in the first and second half. So I think overall, Lucas Cine played really well. Um, I mean, he's a good playmaker. So I think overall, a really, a really good performance for Everton. And I've said what I'm, I've said what I wanted to say about United. So yeah. Um, also, uh, Robin Olsen, one of the goals um, he could have honestly saved if he had better positioning. I'm pretty sure it was a free kick. I don't know if it was the Bruno Fernandez one. I think it was the third goal United scored. Oh, no, um, yeah, so it was the goal where <clears throat> Luke Shaw crossed it in, and then I'm pretty sure yeah. they added it in. So, yeah. Robin Olsen did not have the best positioning. He was positioned around the bottom, the uh, right post, but he should have been positioned more to the left and up a bit so he could get this so he wouldn't have to jump as long of a distance and because of that he could have if he was in the right positioning he could have also saved that yeah and then um I guess the last thing I really want to add on or say is that so I think United definitely without a doubt were overall the <clears> best <throat> team in the first half uh yeah, they were up to zero two but then I think at halftime, Carlo Ancelotti, we obviously we obviously know he's a proven winner. He's a good coach. And I think tactically he did some he made some sort of plan um during halftime, which I mean, which is the reason why they scored three goals in the second half. So um I think Carlo Ancelotti definitely turned the game around for them. Um I mean it is a tie, but they did come back from being down two nil. So, yeah, yeah.
And I also last think equalizer, so. um, that, yeah, United had a great game. They had more possession, uh, more accurate shots, and had more passes and touches. And I think Everton definitely played better defensively-wise, but United I mean, played better on the team, offense. Yeah. yeah, they were doing a lot of back-and-forth passes and stuff, and also – um, <clears throat> what I was going to say, I forgot, I actually forgot what I was going to say. Um, <clears throat> do you remember what it was about? Do you have anything? T- um, let me think. I mean, um, I guess, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Cause I remember the Real Madrid versus Lyon game. I'm pretty sure uh, Courtois got a card for like delaying the game. Wait, when was this game? They're going to Lyon. Wait, when did they play the, the Champions? They didn't play in the Champions League. Champions. No, last last year. Yeah, they didn't play last year either. Wait, who did they lose to again? Then? City. Oh yeah, City, City, City. So, um. I think that's kind of the same thing. Uh, Courtois, I'm pretty sure their goalie, he he was delaying it and he got a card. So I don't know why. Maybe it's different in the Premier League. I don't know why. No, I think it's just um, a different ref. That's why. Really yeah, because the they yeah. were delaying it at the end. Yeah. So, you have any more comments I mean, all I really got to say is uh, fair play to Ancelotti. Um, I think tactically, um, I think I think we saw some very good tactics from him. Uh, that's the main reason why they actually ended up turning this game into a draw from from United being the better team in the first half. So uh, fair play to him. And I think Calvert-Lewin was the main of the match for me. I mean, maybe if Pogba didn't get injured and if he kept on playing like that throughout the game and maybe they would have won it then, I think they would have. I would say Pogba could have potentially got man of the match. But since he had to go off injured towards the end of the first half and, I mean, Calvert-Luton had two goals. I mean, the first one was gifted to him and and the second goal was mainly because Maguire wasn't on him and only Luke Shaw was able to cover him. So, uh, But still, though, I mean, he had two goals, which which is the main reason why they even tied. So I think Calvert-Lewin was the man of the match for me. So, yeah. yeah. That's where the whole I thing I think we're going to wrap it up for this segment. Our next segment is going to be about what's coming next with our podcast channel. Yeah. So we'll be right back. All right. All right. We are in the next segment. So – we are going to talk about what's coming next. So we're going to talk about the World Cup. You there, Lucas? Yeah, here. All right. So we're going to be talking about the World Cup <clears throat> series. So, so far we made one, two, three, four, five, six. You made two, right? Uh, let me think. So I made Don't a Belgium one. one. I made a Belgium, a Portugal. No. I think that's it. You weren't supposed to say them, but whatever. Okay. Oh, really? So, I don't that. Um, we've made eight, no, seven, seven of the national teams so far. 
one of them is France, obviously, like that doesn't matter. He's saying that, but <clears throat> we are planning on making 32 in total. Qatar is going to be kind of difficult, but <clears throat> one thing we're still figuring out is the group stage. So I'm pretty sure how it works in the World Cup is there's like there's there's eight different groups and there's four different groups in each group. There's like the A team, the B team, the C and the D. So there's eight A teams and Qatar is automatically, I think maybe is France. I don't know if France is automatically no, one of the um, Yeah, so France because they were the reigning champions and Qatar because of the hosts. <clears throat> um and we are going to um, – we're planning on doing doing groups. So we're going to see which of the teams we think are the best. And um, we're going we're gonna to put them in, like, the A group. So France and Qatar will be in the A not necessarily like the whole A group. Um, not like the actual like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <clears throat> but the best team. So Qatar would be in the A group, but would be A, A. Uh, France would be B, A. And <clears throat> let's say there's a team like Spain. They would probably be a C team. And, yeah, we're still going to have to figure out who's, like, it's going to be kind of difficult deciding who is going to be, like, the best teams in the A, like, in the A, in the A section and then the B section. And then we're also going to do, we're going to make the lineups and we can do one episode per group so we can talk about that group we can talk about their lineups that we made. And <clears throat> so we, yeah, that's what we have planned. And then with those, we're going to do, once we have the groups ready, we're going <clears> to <throat> put them against each other and see who makes it into the next round and basically do a tournament. So we're basically going to be predicting the whole, the whole tournament the whole World Cup tournament is what we're going to be predicting. And it's going to be interesting to see how it works, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> not really. I mean, it sounds good. And then and then tomorrow we have the Liverpool City game, obviously. Yeah. And then we'll we're gonna, probably be giving a match analysis on that. Yeah, we're going to. likely. I mean, it depends. We don't know. We're going to be. Recording another. By the time this episode will most likely be released, released on Thursday, so potentially Saturday or Sunday. This episode, and we'll be recording one tomorrow on the on the match day analysis for Sunday, and we will also be doing the. We'll be mostly focusing on the Liverpool City one, and. We will one. We can do some World Cup stuff in potential World Cup stuff this week, and maybe <clears throat> would it be? I think it would be too early. Let me see when the Champions oh, League. What? I'm pretty sure. 
Um, Wait for like Champions League. It's on the the sixteenth. That's soon. So next Saturday would be the twelfth. So we rec- could record one. Not at the twelfth, thirteenth, and then um, we could yeah, record. So we're gonna be doing. Yes, we're gonna be <clears throat> predicting like the Champions League. Yeah. Ties for the round so, of sixteen, but like. Okay, but, like, since, like, for the Champions League, like, there's not, like, a bracket-type thing for the playoffs. So, like, so we're only going to be predicting, like, the round of 16 games. And then once the quarterfinals get drawn, we're going to be pre- we're gonna be predicting those. And then same for the semifinals yeah. and then finals. So, so yeah. Uh, it's – we're most likely going to be recording the Champions League first, the leg, which – we have um, the like the 16th uh, and 17th day, which will be the Leipzig, Liverpool, Barca, PSG, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Porto and Juventus, those games. And then <clears throat> we'll release those sometimes in that week. So, for, so far for this week, what we have planned is um, – the uh, Sunday Liverpool and City match day analysis and the other games. And then we have the um, next Saturday and Sunday. We'll do both of those in one episode, so it'll be longer. We'll do those Saturday and Sunday games <clears throat> all together. And, yeah, that's pretty much what we have planned and we have one final segment, which is just going to be the ending of this episode segment. So we'll see you guys in the next segment. All right. Before, do you have anything to add on? Um, I mean, I know this is like – actually, no, this is very early. <laughs> but, like, just to kind of give you guys, like, a very early sneak peek. So during the World Cup, which – which is going to be winter of 2022. So, um, I mean, it is very, very early, but we don't even know if we're going to be making podcasts then, but if we are, then obviously, like, during the World Cup, we're going to be doing, like, match analysis type stuff, yeah. and, like, we're going to be doing, like, predictions, uh, you know, like, predicting, like, the knockout stages and stuff, and we're going to be yeah. doing, like, match analysis type stuff. So, um. Yeah, if we're still making podcasts, then then that's what we're going to be doing during the World Cup. So, yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna try our best to keep uploading consistently and keep uploading by then. But for now, this is what we have planned, <clears throat> and yeah. we're gonna meet in the next segment, which is the ending. So, yeah. see you there. All right, so we are back. We're gonna. We're not going to try to stretch out this segment as much, but yeah, <clears throat> the ending segment should only be a few minutes. So I saw a bit on the news. So I just want to talk about how um, the league titles are kind of weird. Like the, so in Juventus, no, not um, AC Milan is actually in first in their league. Um, and with 46 points from 20 games. And Juventus is not even top three, which is quite weird. 
right. No, they're actually in third right now. Oh, okay. Well, I'm reading this article. It's probably from like a day ago or something. Yeah, it's, it's probably a day ago. So, um, wait, wait, wait. And the La Liga, um, Real and Barca are actually tied, and Sevilla is actually fourth, and they're super close. And Real is surprisingly doing the same as Barca, but Barca's been having some problems recently with their managers and players. And Bundesliga, Dortmund isn't even top three. I'm reading if I'm reading this article, and that's also kind of weird. What? Uh, oh, I'm gonna take the table real quick. All right, as well as um, <clears throat> um, Leicester City third place in the Premier League. Yeah, so, so weird. This this whole season. And some of these teams haven't been doing as well. <clears throat> like, Atletico is first place in the league. Like, who would have thought? Atletico is usually always third. And <clears throat> they usually trail behind Barca and Real, not the other way around. So, <clears throat> it's a bit strange. Yeah. Let's check out the tables real quick. Not so, for um, – Huh? Um, Oh, yeah. Not for Premier League. Okay, so yeah, Dortmund are on six right now. So they're behind Frankfurt, Leverkusen, and Wolfsburg, and even Leipzig, which is sort of surprising. I mean, well, Leipzig, Leipzig is a disaster. Yeah, so they're, so they're actually pretty good. But <clears throat> normally, I would expect Dortmund to be ahead of them. I mean, they have Sancho, Holland, Royce. I mean, they have, a, they have a pretty stacked team. They have Brunt, too, even. So, I mean, Dortmund have a pretty good team, actually. So. I, I would expect them to be higher than six. And they even sacked their manager a couple of months ago. And I think their new manager hasn't really made much progress because, I mean, Bayern are 16 points clear of Dortmund, 16. So I think Dortmund don't have a chance of winning the Bundesliga. This is not their year. Yeah. Uh, Leipzig are seven points behind. I'd say Leipzig has a chance, but it's very low. So uh, Bayern, I think Bayern are going to win the Bundesliga for How's sure. How's Holland been? Uh, it's been good this season. Just Dortmund haven't been amazing. Uh, and then, how and about then Sancho? The, Sancho? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> at the start of the season, his form was a bit off, but he's been regaining it, kind of. <clears throat> and then as so, for the Serie A, for the Serie A, I think we so might weird. actually have a title race. We might actually have a title race because <clears throat> the top four are actually very close. Actually, even the top seven yeah. are very close. So Yeah, Roma, think, Juventus, Inter, and AC Milan yeah, are very, so I think, very close. So, I think ultimately, I think towards the end of the season, we might have a title race between. So, my guess would be Inter, AC Milan, Juventus, and then either Roma or Napoli. I'm not quite sure. Or it could be those three. Huh? AS Roma, too. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think Juventus, if their form starts dropping in the next month or so, because, I mean, uh, they, they got off to a bad start in the season. And then recently, they've, like, kind of recovered a little bit. But they're still in third. What? PSG isn't even a little – I don't know how to say it. Oh, it's first. Leon is second. PSG is third. All right. uh, Let me talk about this real quick, and then we can talk about PSG. All right. right, So, um, yeah, so I think – I don't think Juventus will actually win the league this season – Unless they sack Pirlo this month or maybe even next month, I'm not sure. But they should get rid of Pirlo. They should replace him with a new. I mean, 
the best manager available right now would But he Oh sorry you're he was um, a former Juventus coach so huh? Oh really so I think um I think if they were to bring Allegri back that might not be the best idea because he's already been sacked by the club, so that'll be kind of yeah. that'll be a weird decision. <clears throat> so I don't know if they'll sack Pilo or not. I have no idea. But I think they actually I don't even know if they should because there's not really any good free agent coaches at the moment. So but I mean I'm not sure. So uh I think in the end, it will be between Inter and AC Milan. Uh, AC Milan have been playing amazing this season. Zlatan's been amazing. Donnarumma, they've all been in great form. So uh, I think AC Milan could actually win the league. They could be in the Champions League for the first time in years. So I think the Serie A is going to be very interesting. Um, and then as for the La Liga, Barca have been regaining form. Wait, hold on a sec. So, um, Barca were actually... Yeah, no, no. So Barca were at six at Christmas time, and now they're in third. So they've been regaining form. Frankie de Jong, Messi, they've been getting better as the season progresses. So um, I don't, who knows? I think Barca are actually going to finish in second. I think Atletico is going to win the league. Uh, I think Real will finish in third. They're not in the best form right now. So, so yeah. And then you can talk so, about it. Last thing I want to say before we wrap it up is <clears throat> the French league has also been – Weird. I don't know how to pronounce it. Lil, Lil, Lil. I don't know. Lil. <clears throat> Lil. His Lil. 51 points from 23 games. Lyon, 49 points from 23 games. PSG, 48 points from 23 games. It's going to be another title race. And Monaco, 45 points from 23 games. The top three <clears throat> are three points within together. So <clears throat> it has yeah. definitely been a weird season. So – um, I also want to state that I honestly think PSG would be higher, but Mbappe, Neymar, and Acardi were injured for a bit. I don't know if Acardi still is, but they... I think I'm not <clears> sure you might. So that's pretty much any more any comments. Oh, and then um, one more thing I want to add on: if PSG fail to win the French League this season, it will be the first time since. 2017 when Monica won the league with Mbappe. They will regret attacking so, Tuchel. Yeah, I mean, I think Pochettino is a good coach, but I don't know. We'll see how things so, play out. Um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, make sure to share this with yep. your friends and check out our Instagram and TikTok pages for more meme content. It's called Football Memes. And if you guys want to suggest any more content, just message us and tell us what kind of content you want to see. So, you want to say bye, Lucas? Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. So, so like you said, if you want to suggest any content, you can. I mean, you can DM us on Instagram, even TikTok yeah. too. So, well, TikTok yeah, wouldn't work because content, we would have to be following them. Too. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. Thank you guys. So, um, but you can DM us on Instagram. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. To this episode and we hope you enjoy and thank you bye yep peace